It is Tuesday, August 22nd, 2023. This is another edition of Baseball Today. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose. Producer Dan is back with us along the way. For that, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, you have a little more twins work tonight that kind of snuck up on you, right? I'm doing some pre and post from the studio here. Yeah, I didn't have it on my schedule, even though they sent the schedule. So that's a mistake on my part, but I'm excited. I mean, it's a good series, twins versus the brew crew. Um, those are always like really, really fun. They're always packed, um, a mixture of both crowds at the stadium. So I know the atmosphere will be good and it'll be fun to talk about. Uh, usually we start our show with the tip of the cap today. We're doing something a little bit different based on the breaking news that we received Tuesday morning, uh, from Jeff Patterson, our buddy over at ESPN. Um, he posted that Major League Baseball has placed Tampa's shortstop Wander Franco on administrative leave as the league and the authorities in the Dominican Republic continue their investigate Franco's alleged relationship with underage girls. So what does this mean? Wander Franco's administrative leave has now been made official by both baseball and the MLBPA. Uh, he is on leave, quote, until further notice. The league releases notes that administrative leave is not disciplinary which means that Franco will continue to be paid and accrue service on it. The way we're both reading this, Ploof, is that it sounds like he's he's probably done for the year, that the Rays now know. They probably assumed it when the news broke last week that that's the way it was going to go. Now they probably know it. The allegations are the allegations, and we will let that run its course, and they're extremely disturbing if you haven't read them. Um if you were a player in that clubhouse, what is your reaction today? I, I don't know how much of a reaction I have. It doesn't really change anything um, for you as he hasn't been with the team in, for a, a week or so now. So I, I don't think it really changes anything there. I think you still hope that the allegations aren't true. Yeah, um, this, this is a guy that you spent a lot of time with. And um, obviously, on the baseball side of things, he means a lot to your team and to the franchise. They give him a massive 12-year deal or whatever it is. I, I, I know we said that he might not be back this year. I, I don't know. I, I he, Maybe he will. It just yeah, depends on how maybe. this these things go. And, you know, there's still another week left in August, another four weeks in September. Then you have October baseball, hopefully. You know, if you're the Rays, I think they're they're pretty much entrenched in a, in a playoff spot. So, I think that's the thing. If you're a player, you just you you sit back and you you just have to go to work with the guys that you have in the room. You try not to even really think about this situation, and then yeah, you just hope it's not true. I mean, I think that's kind of what's going through your head, and um, you just have to push forward. You know, as a team, it just it's. I know it sounds like you just try to remove yourself from the situation as best you can because you have a job to do. It's you have you know your family's relying on you and the other guys in the clubhouse are relying uh, on each other. So it's 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 something like you know what he's not here right now. You like you said, let the investigation play out and you go about your business. We're scheduled to have uh, Tyler Glass now on the Rose rotation. We're supposed to talk to him tomorrow, and we will be bringing this up as uncomfortable as it is. Um, and I know a lot of people have questions about why is he placed on administrative leave? Why does he continue to accrue? service time why does he continue to get paid those are all valid questions ones to which we don't have answers to but we'll continue to follow the story if there are more twists and turns over the next several weeks uh as for on the field action you did mention the twins and the brewers it's a pair of first place teams in the central um all this despite kind of offense that the kids would say mid 
at best, right? And nobody illustrates that point better than one Carlos Correa. You know, we thought that the Twins received a bargain when the Giants passed, when the Mets passed because of the bum ankle. Is it possible, though, the Twins are going to end up regretting signing Correa to a six-year, $200 million deal because of his lack of productivity? I really don't think so. He got started off really slow, and he's had spurts of of good uh, offensive play during the year. It hasn't been a ton. You know, he's still under league average as far as OPS plus goes. But I, I think that the Twins organization needed a leader on the field. And that's what they got with Carlos Correa. If you, I mean, I've spent time around the clubhouse, so I, I just see the impact that he has, even on days when he's not playing well. Like he is, he has been the epitome of a professional uh, with the Minnesota Twins. You know, with the way he works and the way that he demands that other guys in the room work as well. He's kind of changed, even Chris, the way guys are lifting um, in the in in the gym. He touches everything every day. That's kind of um, something that a lot of the guys have adopted in that Twins clubhouse. Like, hey, let's get in the gym every day, kind of touch things. So he's had an impact everywhere. And if you just look at his play, his offensive play, where he's really struggled this year has been on fastballs, uh, whether it's a four-seam fastball or a sinker. Typically, he's crushed those throughout his career. So I, I really think there's a few mechanical adjustments that could be ha- uh, that can be had to get him back to be able to be on time for those fastballs. Because that's what it is. When you're not if you're not hitting fastballs well, that just means you're just not on time. Whether that's you're late, whether that's you're early, uh, there needs to be some sort of time mechanism that he can get back to being comfortable uh, with fastballs without giving himself up on breaking balls. So um, I don't think that they're regretting it at all. I think he's good for the community in Minnesota, and he's been without him, Chris, without him. There's not a lot of like vocal, real strong leadership in that clubhouse. I mean, there are guys that could do it, but Carlos is the guy right now, and I think he does a really good job with it. So to answer your question, I, I don't think they'll regret signing him to that deal. I think there's a lot better baseball in him as well. Um, they want him to perform better, but e- even with what he's done so far this year, the intangibles, I think, outweigh everything else. So here's the good news. The Twins are going to win this division, Okay. So he will have a chance to put his stamp on this team come October. And all it takes is a hot week or two, and all of a sudden people will forget about this miserable offensive season that he has had now his second year in Minnesota. And when he gets to the playoffs, that's when he loves the spotlight, right? A career 849 playoff OPS, 18 homers. How many times have we seen him with late-game heroics? Like, he absorbs that stuff, and he's going to need to. Because they're paying him $33 million this year, and that's basically the number that they're going to be paying him in the future. If you deal with his war by the end of the year, he will have been about an $11.5 million player, according to The Athletic, which did a big column on him about 10 days ago or so. That is a substantial difference. His number, depending on which war you use, 1-1. He has not missed time. He plays a premium position. He plays it very well defensively. So that means that he's getting virtually nothing accumulating war offensively. Among those ahead of Correa in war, because he's in the 180s, is Cade Marlowe, who's played about 25 games for Seattle. Kyle Isbell, who's played less than 70 games for Kansas City. Jake Cronenworth, 
who plays a non-defensive war position in first base and has an OPS under 700. But that's shocking and disturbing. And if he's doing this in the prime of his career, in his late 20s, what's going to happen at 31? Like, you do sit there and wonder. Now, he has a chance to race all this come October. But if you think that the Twins aren't sitting there saying a little bit like, man, what did we do here? There might just be a hint of that. I I honestly don't think there is. I, I, I think that when you look at his play overall, yes, it's been the offensive struggles that have really stuck out. But I'm being serious. I, I feel like he's just one offensive adjustment away now yep is he gonna get there this year i don't know are the twins hitting coaches gonna help him out with that i don't know um but i think over the course of the contract he'll prove to be valuable for it and you know like the offensive numbers he has 426 at bat so it's it's gonna be really tough for him to change them and to kind of get back to where he is on the back of his car but i think that's something you have to mention too like this guy has a track record. He is 28 years old. He's not out of his prime. Like no, things are going to be okay. I really think he's uh, one tweak away from being that 800, 820 OPS guy that he's been throughout his career. You mix that with a solid defense. You mix that with a leadership ability. I think it's still good for the Twins. We'll see. Uh, we touched on this yesterday, but uh, didn't realize at the time that the New York Times had done a big column. <laughs> yeah, we did it with Orioles owner. Uh, John Angelos. So I just wanted to take it a little bit further. We don't have to spend as much time on it. Um, but among his comments were about the difficulty in keeping Baltimore's young core together. His quote was, let's say we sat down and showed you the financials of the Orioles. You will quickly see that when people talk about giving this player 200 mil and that player 150 mil, we would be so financially underwater, you'd have to raise the prices massively. Now, are people going to come and pay that? Your thoughts? I didn't know we had fluctuating uh, prices at the ballpark depending on the payroll. Because do they do they get rolled back when you have a $30 million payroll? Do prices go down? Have you experienced that? Not, a, not no. an awful lot. You would think that would be fun. I don't think so. <laughs> if so if, hey, be... we're going to do that. Let's do it. Everyone should get a lot of money back in Baltimore this year because the payroll's 28th in the league. So let's make sure the concessions are 28th in the league also. You know, let's let's do that. Well, I, I think I don't... that, by the way, just for the, set the record straight, I think they have like the lowest, fifth or sixth lowest price, you know, for tickets and for your evening out. I believe that's what it is. Well, it's not. It's still not on par with the payroll. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we can't, you can't <laughs> say that stuff. That's just not real. And then, you know, I don't want to go too much into this, but this is now the second time he said, we'll open the books. You, like, stop threatening without cause, like, or, or action. Like, that's, if you want to open the books, let's open the books. And, mm -hmm. they, and then, then really open the books. But, hey, now. But, but you don't have to. I mean, this is like he owns this business. You don't have to open the books. Right. So, like, why would you threaten it, though? You know what I mean? Like, it doesn't make a, a, a lot of sense to me. And then if you look around the league, he's saying you can't afford a $150 million, $200 million contract because there's a market, they don't make any money. The Rays just gave Wander Franco a $180 million contract, and I would assume that they're in a, in a probably a, a worse financial position than the Orioles. Now, I know that one doesn't look great right now, but... I just I don't I don't buy any of this, um, and you know I've I've sat in a lot of these players' meetings 
you know, talking about CBAs and, and what actually constitutes revenue for these clubs. And there's ways to butter knife it for where you can say, yeah, like they're, 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 um, they're not making as much money as you think, but then there's most of the other income and revenue is not reported as baseball revenue when it clearly is tied to baseball. So if you want to threaten to open the books and you're threatened to not sign a lease to extend your time in Baltimore, like, I don't know, like let's be about the action. Then I think is kind of where my head is at with this. If you really, really want people to believe you, then, then don't make idle threats. Like let's, let's see the books. So are you saying let's be uh, all about that action boss? Be about that action boss. And again, he doesn't have to because it's a private business. But if you're threatening to do it, right. He then do it. What you're referring to is he had a meeting in March with local reporters whom all those people were told they could talk, even though he was at like a donation function, you know, announcing a donation they were all told that they could ask questions because they get to talk to him so little, like it had been two and a half years since they spoke with him on the record. They were told they could ask any questions they wanted. And then he starts chastising them. And he says, you want me to open the books? And they were like, yeah, let's do it. And he never did. So you're right. This is the second time he's done it. And he's not going to, he's not going to open the books. We know. No, that. he's not going to open. The Here's books. the bigger picture. Why does this guy have to piss on everybody's parade? This is the second time in the last several weeks where the best team in the American League record-wise has had to deal with some sort of stupid comments from their owners, right? First, it was about the Kevin Brown situation where they suspended him for just doing his freaking job. And now this, the players in the clubhouse, I, I know you say that they're insulated and they don't pay attention to this stuff, but this one, this is one where their ears might perk up because it directly affects these guys, don't they want to be offered something? Don't they want to be loved and told that you're special and you mean something to our community, which has been so downtrodden as a baseball franchise over the last several decades? Like th- that would be the best thing ever to take the Braves blueprint and go lock up all these guys and make it so that you could, if you're a Baltimore Orioles fan, you could go get, you know, a Gunnar Henderson jersey. You know, you could go get your Jackson holiday jersey in, in 18 months and feel good about it because we're going to lock him up. You could go get your Adley Rutschman jersey. You know, all of this stuff. Grayson Rodriguez. That is a, that is empowering for people of teams that have small market syndrome, if you will. But this guy has got, holy smokes, he must be a blast at dinner parties. The shit that comes out of his mouth because he's got no filter. Yeah, that's the, I think that's kind of the thing now is if you want to talk about not being able to sign 150 million dollar players like you you have guys that are at the beginnings of their career where you probably wouldn't have to offer 150 right. million dollars so you can go and take a chance on a, at least a few of these guys. I mean, oh, that boy. is has, and it has been the blueprint for some of these teams that put themselves in these long windows like the Braves you have to go and take some chances on the younger players. And I think that, you know, they're in a very good position to be able to do that with a lot of the guys on their roster that they think are going to be there a long time. Don't wait. He's just going to complain and make it seem like he's the victim. I don't get him. I don't understand him. I don't like him. And I feel for Baltimore fans. You know what I do like? I like the reaction of my dog, Sydney. 
when it's time for her to eat. Now, I don't know about your pooch out there, but sometimes she gets a little finicky over the food, right? She gets a little tired. She's like, oh, my God, I'm having the same thing for the 978th consecutive day. Well, recently, that totally changed. When it is chow time in the Rose household for our for our lovable Sydney, she is ready to go, thanks to our friends at Farmer's Dog, which makes and delivers fresh, healthy dog food. It's developed by vets. It's nutritionally balanced. It's made from real, healthy ingredients to human food safety standards. Now, the Farmer's Dog also sends the food pre-portioned specifically for your dog based on their unique nutritional feeds. And this really makes it very easy for them to help maintain your dog with their ideal weight. That's one of the biggest indicators of a full, healthy life. All I had to do was go online. It took less than five minutes. I filled out a total questionnaire about Sydney, how old she is, her health background, how much activity she gets. Does she get constant walks? Does she play outside? All of that sort of stuff. And then they send it to you in this freezer package, right? All you do is put it in the freezer, and there are these real thin packets so they don't take up a lot of room. You know, they send them, I don't know what it is, 15 to a bundle or whatever, and then you split it up, and you squeeze it out, you put it into a case, and you portion it out. It's simple. It's very, very easy. I love it, and more importantly, she loves it. And we love it. You can get 50% off your first box of this fresh, healthy food at thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy, plus you get free shipping. That's cool because it's a big box. That is thefarmersdog.com slash johnboy for 50% off. Believe me, your doggy will say to you, woo, woo, woo. No questions asked. We continue on with the NL wildcard. It is a mess right now, but in a very, very fun way. The Cubs actually hold the second wildcard. They took care of business against the Tigers. The Diamondbacks had a huge come-from-behind win against AL West leading Texas not once, but twice, once in, the, once in the ninth inning, and then again, a winner in the 11th inning. You've got the Giants, the Reds, the Marlins, as I mentioned, the D-backs, all within a couple games of Chicago. Uh, which of those five teams are you most interested in watching their journey the rest of the season? I'm not saying that they're definitely going to make the playoffs, but who's the most interesting of those teams? Uh, they're all interesting in their own right. I think I'll I think I'll go with the San Francisco Giants. Uh, I'm always curious about them, and they've actually they've been kind of slipping over the last two months. If I'm reading this right, they're 19 and 24 since the beginning of July. Uh, so sitting five games under there. And what really is interesting to me is, and I've mentioned this a few times on the show, it's it's the fact that they just don't. We talk about the Rays, like being unconventional with their pitching staff. They tried to have a five-man rotation this year. It hasn't really worked out. The Giants have the most unconventional pitching in all of baseball. They have two guys in uh, Alex Cobb and Logan Webb that have made over 20 starts. Nobody that's active right now on the roster has more than 11 games started. So, like, they've been – they open, they piggyback, they have bullpen days, they do a bunch of stuff. And, like, to be able to get through these – last five weeks of the regular season like it's such a weird thing to navigate with your pitching like that now i know they're going to get some help in september add another pitcher but i don't i don't know exactly their plan i think they just called up one of their big prospects as yeah, well harrison harrison's going so today. like they're looking they're looking for that uh to provide some or looking for him to provide some some depth there in their rotation um so to along with that like if you look up their lineup there's there's a couple guys that are having really good years, but there's not a lot of like household names, if you will, in the middle of that lineup. So I just think they're really 
able to piece together ball games here. It hasn't worked out as of late, but they put themselves in a pretty good position to be in the hunt here for the race. I'm curious to see how they can handle it going forward because there still is five weeks left of this baseball season where it, it just seems like they've kind of been scrambling you know, with their pitching and then just getting enough from their offense to 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 keep themselves in the race. I, I want to see them continue to do it. And although the Giants, um, it feels like they've been a veteran team for about 25 years now, they do have some young guys that are trying to put their, their thumbprint yeah. on this team. But I'm going to talk about the most young, exciting squad that's been around for the last several months, the team who's at I Am Donning. That would be the Cincinnati Reds. Um, they didn't do much at the trade deadline. And part of the reason was, pitching-wise, they said, we've got some arms coming back, right? Well, Hunter Green came back and, what, he gave up five homers or whatever it was. It wasn't pretty, <laughs> but but he's back. And he has had some very, very good outings this year. Nick Lodolo continues to have rehab assignments. He's got to be close. Ben Lively, same sort of thing. So these arms are now going to join all these young guys that are already up, right? We've talked about the entire franchise that's here. Uh, Encarnacio Strand is here. Uh, Marte just got called up to go along, uh, you know, with the rest of the under 25 crew. So let's go. Let's see what you've got. Now, a few things that are really interesting here. From September 8th on, I know this is dangerous when we talk about schedules because losing teams beat winning teams all the time, particularly in September. From September 8th on, the Reds will have seven more series left. Only one is against a winning team in Minnesota. So that what it means is, doesn't mean that they're going to waltz through and win two out of three every series, but it means the opportunity is there. I, obviously, it's better for a wild card where they're only one out as opposed to the division where they're four out and they have no more games with Milwaukee after the Brewers just dusted them in the season series. But it's there for the taking. So much so that Jake Fraley, one of their leaders, is going to forego toe surgery, which he needs desperately because he said he's having such a good time with all these young guys. So if for no other reason, Reds, do it for Jake Fraley's toe. <laughs> no, they're they're obviously a very interesting team to watch. And, and that whole wild card race is, is going to be awesome. You could name any of those teams and make a compelling argument for them. So uh, I'm, ex I'm excited to see how it shakes out because – there's going to be a couple fan bases that got their hopes up big time that are going to be disappointed and have to wait until next year. And that is just not where you want to be. Uh, Davey Martinez. Good for him. Reportedly got a two year extension, according to Ken Rosenthal. Uh, Nats have certainly played better in the second half, 20 and 14 since the break. Yeah. But which sub 500 team that we don't talk a ton about. So those would be like the Mets, the Padres, the Cardinals. Would you want to be a fan of moving forward saying, I feel good about this franchise? Oh, I'm going to go with the Pittsburgh Pirates here. Ooh. Yeah. I, you know, they've, they've obviously had the number one pick in this last draft. So they have Paul Skeens. He's one of the more interesting prospects in all of baseball. He might even be up by the end of the year. <laughs> they probably won't do that, but he could be the way this guy throws. Um, so you mix that with some of the other guys they have in their system. It's a strong farm system, uh, as we know, and some of the guys that have already graduated. Like I want to see, I want to see what they had at the beginning of this year, which was, you know, they started out really, really hot. Uh, I want to see that mixed with some of these other guys coming up. So I want to see a full year of O'Neill Cruz 
with playing with key Brian Hayes over there, they have Reynolds locked up. Now Skeen's coming up. Like there's a lot of lots of like Tamar Johnson, who I saw get drafted two years Mm -hmm. ago. You know, he like a lot of these guys are getting to the upper levels of the minor leagues to start to graduate some of them to be mixed with some of these players that have already graduated. And that's kind of what we've seen in Baltimore, you know, with the Reds. Uh, I think they're at this exciting time. If you're a, a Pirates fan, you're at this exciting time of, hey, some of these guys have gotten up there. We've seen that they can do it at the big league level. Now let's let's get these other like high draft, you know, high pedigree prospects up there and kind of see what we got. And then you can start to supplement your roster a little bit via free agency. And you know when they get, when that place gets rocking, like when Pittsburgh has a good mm-hmm. team, fun. like they show up and it's fun and it's electric and they're in the right division for it. So I think that I'm even wearing the black and yellow today. Oh. I'm rooting for the Pirates. I think I think they're going to be a fun team for the next you know five six years. Uh, I think that's a good call, um, really good one. I think that's fine, but I'm going to go with a team that has been on quite a run recently. The Detroit Tigers. Yeah, I almost went there. Yeah, they're they're interesting. Okay, first of all, they've got a budding star in Riley Green. He's played right around 90 games this year because he was injured for so long at the beginning of the season. That dude, first of all, he doesn't look, what is he, 22 or something? I want to, I think I want to cut him open and count the tree rings because there's no way he's 22. <laughs> he does not look 22. Um, but he is going to be a star. How about Kerry Carpenter? What he has done, 19 homers now, OPS near 900. He's been an on-base freak. Um, And, you know, the pitching is going to be interesting, right? Scooball's back after having his injuries. Matt Manning is back, and he's had some good and some not so good. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see Casey Mize as the number one pick, right? I mean, yes, he will pitch again in the big leagues, but I don't think he'll ever be that that dude erod's gonna opt out my guess is that he moves on they traded lorenzen uh he was only there on a one-year deal anyway so they have to find more pitching they don't have a ton of it at their upper levels to me that's where they need to make some hay in the offseason they only have one guaranteed contract after this season miggy will come off the books javier baez and his 25 million next year so they have plenty of room to spend Plenty of room to make a difference. And in that division, hey, man, I think they're going to finish second. I think they're going to blow past my Guardians and finish second that this year and feel good about themselves. No, I like it. I don't know if you mentioned Torkelson, but the way he's been Oh, yeah, spinning, yeah, 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 yeah. He's been a really good power bat. He's been, as of late, he's been one of the better power hitters in all of the big mm-hmm. leagues, and he's feeling it. Every homer he hits now, he's pimping every single one, Chris. Yeah. So I can tell that he's getting more and more and more confident just by the swings he's taking and the reaction that he's having at the plate. I watched him when I did a series with the twins against the tigers. Uh, he's just, he, he has that look now that, Oh, I, I am good enough to hit at the big league level. And once a guy figures that out and that clicks in his brain, look out. Yeah. And it feels like there's more to give. He's more than just a home run hitter. Remember when he was drafted number one overall, they were like, this guy's a really developed bat. Don't just think of him as a slugger. Yeah. So far, he's only get played there. as a slugger. But, yeah, you could definitely see see the rest of it. Um, last thing, a couple of pretty good predictions by former ball players who um, are now in-game broadcasters. Oddly enough, I have worked with both of them. You will first hear Kevin Millar, Red Sox Astros, and then John Cruck, 
Phillies Giants. Call you right now early in the game. I know with two outs, we're not used to doing this. We're doing it right now. Duvall's going deep. They'll get a bad OB, I'm telling you. What? Swing at a high fly ball deep left field. What? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Oh, my. Kevin Millar, stick around. I got a feeling this ball could travel long distances here. There you go, John. It's traveling a long distance into the second deck. Two-run home run for Schwarber. All right, Ploof, since you are the king of prognostications in the baseball world, were you impressed by either one? Sure. And, you know, both these guys are uh, ex-hitters. Sometimes you get a feeling about, you know, the way a guy looks when he's in the box, what the pitcher's thrown, the sequence of events, the sequence of pitches uh, that he's thrown already in the at-bat. So uh, I like both of them because it feels like they're they're putting themselves in the box. Like they're in there, they're there. They understand the feeling that that hitter has. And you know, when you get that every once in a while, you can make that call. So I, I like both of them. I don't know if you make me pick one. I would say, I would say, uh, Kruk and Schwarbo. Cause he said, this one's going to go a long way. Mm-hmm. And that thing went a long, Oh, they both did, but Schwarber's was, whew. yeah. The only thing is that the, Millar did call the Crawford boxes, which is not, I don't think that's a huge deal, but I thought it was impressive. Uh, here's the trick. If you ever become a broadcaster, make as many predictions as possible yeah. because yeah. people will not remember the ones that you whip on. They just won't. But man, if when you hit one, when you roll with one, people are going to be like, oh, he did this. That was incredible. He's a legend. That's yeah. it. Oh. Way to go, dude. Way to go. <laughs> Way to go. All right. Um. So you're back at it on the Twins pre and post today and tomorrow. Is that accurate? Yes, sir. Okay, and because of that, one Jolly Olive will be sitting in for you on Wednesday's show. We'll probably be doing it 11 a.m. Eastern if you want to join us live on the AMP app. If you haven't done that, shame on you because it has been freaking awesome. It is a great, great thing because it allows you to mix it up with us here in the uh, Baseball Today community. And by the way, today's episode is sponsored by these guys on over at Shady Rays. Mm. We want you to take on that sun with gear that is built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered with premium polarized shades at a very affordable price. Plus, don't forget about our brand new offer. You actually get 30% off the custom Jimmy and Jake collab shades with the code JM30. I saw them when we were doing floorball. They're freaking awesome. Go out and get them. Still plenty of sunny days left in the year. And did you know that Shady Rays offers a world-class product just as good as any expensive pair ever worn? they got durable frames and extremely clear optics, and they have the best, most insane protection in the history of eyewear. Every pair of these bad boys is backed by lost and broken replacements, which means if you lose them, if you break them, even on day one, you call them up, you say, here's my sob story, they stop you, Rose don't want to hear it, we'll send you a new pair. No problem. Address on file, they're coming your way. So exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the season. Head on over to ShadyRays.com. Use that code word today for 50% off two-plus pair of polarized shades. You can get 30% off the limited edition Jimmy and Jake collab shades with the code JM30. Go do that. And make sure you tune in every day here at Baseball Today, Monday through Friday. We will see you Wednesday for our one-of-a-kind producer, Dan Rourke, the uber-talented Trevor Plouffe, Thanks for tuning in, everybody.